You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Great. Glad you could hear. Yeah, that was an interesting luncheon, by the way. We just were meeting on another matter with Samaritan Aviation. I consult with Samaritan Aviation that works in Papua New Guinea. And uh, the director of of that ministry in Mesa called me the day before and said, hey, would you want to go to lunch with me? I'm going to drive down to Florence to meet with uh, Living Word Chapel. And I said, oh yeah, I can work that out. So I worked it out and we're at lunch and all of a sudden uh, Jamie says, hey, there may be a possibility of a merger going on. Have you ever done anything like that before? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I've done a few of those in the past. And uh, it turned out that I had the joy of uh, being in the middle of this. That was last fall. And what was such a joy to me, Chuck, was, uh, on the Sunday that I was asked to preach up there in, at uh, Fellowship Baptist Church, they were going to vote whether to merge with the church here in Oracle. And so I, uh, I was excited to be there to, to hear the conversation and to, at the, after I preached, they had a, a vote. And uh, I think we were all a little bit surprised that the vote was unanimous, a unanimous vote to uh, join in here. That's amazing. <clears throat> uh, so it's, uh, it's a thrill to uh, be able to uh, have been there. And, and, and I dealt primarily with Chuck, of course, as chairman of the elder board. We had conversations back and forth and then after the vote, then it became the legal matters. So Pastor Jamie says, hey, can you find an attorney somewhere to help us out with that? So I have a buddy that uh, does some legal stuff. And so we were able to get to uh, get to him and to work through the, the legal channels of doing that. So praise God that it's worked out. It's like a, a marriage today. We're sort of like a, it's really kind of exciting, really, to see two congregations uh, come together and say, we are better together than we are alone. And uh, that's, that's so important to me that, that we realize that to, when we're together in Christ and we, we kind of put him at the focal point and we don't try to put some of the other stuff at focal points, there's things where we have to agree and these two churches agree on those big issues. Yeah, some differences in polity and that kind of thing, but praise God that uh, it's worked out. And I'm so thrilled that Pastor Jamie has always been a, a dear brother to me. And, uh, you know, I just really appreciate it. you. You are, they almost tried to steal your pastor here, you know. That's a, <laughs> I tried to get in the middle of that. <laughs> and, uh, hey, let's get it together. <laughs> and... Uh, 
you know, it's, it's a situation where Pastor Jamie uh, is so faithful to the Word of God and uh, this process and very tenderly was allowing it to develop very carefully rather than trying to force something or push something on. One other thing about my wife, Nancy, um, she's went through a really hard uh, situation in December. Um, December it was, right? It was January, excuse me. <laughs> it was December she was going that way. And so she was in the hospital for five days with, uh, she has a chronic lung disease called bronchiectasis. And then the flu uh, a attacked, which attacks the lungs. B attacks the digestive. I found out by talking to the people at Mayo. You have flu A lungs, flu B digestive. I think hers was A B. It hit both areas, and then pneumonia. So she was in the hospital, and it was touch and go for a while. And I'm just really thrilled that she's uh, making that progress back. So praise the Lord. Now, what Pastor Jamie did to me on that day after I preached in the, in the vote, he said to me, I want you to come to Oracle. I want you to preach the same message that you preached to those people there. And I said, well, man, I, I don't know. I got more than one message that I can do, but uh, he wants me to preach that same message that I preached at the, uh, at the up in uh, Kearney. So... It is going to be sort of the same message, but it'll have some differences, I'm sure. I, uh, I am a, a person who loves to take a passage of scripture and work my way through it. So if you have a Bible, whether it be on your phone or some other thing, uh, or an open Bible, Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, the first 11 verses, and I'll be reading them. Uh, and you can follow along, please, in your Bible. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish and they had, that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. 
interesting passage of scripture. It deals with fishing. And uh, oftentimes the Orvis name, my last name is Orvis, is uh, associated with the Orvis Company, which started in New England, started a little town in Manchester, Vermont, called the Orvis Company, which is now worldwide. And it was started basically over fishing. Charles Orvis in the 1800s started that company because of his strong interest in fishing. And the descendants went on down from Charles Orvis, and I am a descendant of Charles back uh, many generations. It turned out that in 1965, the Orvis Company sold it, but they sold also the name to the Perkins families, and the Perkins now own the Orvis Company. So if you see an Orvis Company, if you type in Orvis on your computer, it immediately comes up the Orvis Company of the fishing, fishing and hunting. Now it's branched out into clothing and other kinds of things like that. But I can remember, because of that Orvis history, fishing has always been very important to the family where I grew up. And I grew up in Vermont, uh, not far from Manchester. My dad liked to fish. He uh, would say to my brother and me as young kids, he'd say, uh, tonight, we're going to go bullhead fishing. Now, bullhead fishing may be something strange to you, but it was a weird-looking fish. It had some kind of horns on it, and I remember Dad said you had to get your hand in just so around those horns when you took it off the hook. But Dad would say, we're going to go tonight, because he said night was the best time to do it. And so what happened is we'd uh, get the family tractor out, and a wagon, we'd get a couple milk pails, and, and we would head out across the, the pasture, and we'd head out across the, the fields, the cornfields primarily at that time. And, and it turned out you'd go out through there, and you'd come to a little wooded area, and then the last couple hundred yards, you had to kind of walk through a swampy wooden area to get to a place called Bristol Pond. Bristol Pond. And out there, Dad taught my brother Lee and myself how to catch fish. Because he would say, we're going to go tonight, so hey, go out to the family garden and get some worms. That was the thing we had to do. And also get the lanterns, because we've got to take the lanterns, we've got to see a little bit out there, and we've got to get the fishing line and the pole and those kinds of things and put it onto the edge of the wagon and take the old John Deere tractor and drive out there and then it was always dark, and it was at night. We'd spent all day working, and we were milking cows, so you had to milk at night. And so you were adding to your day by... And I remember Lee and I hated it, okay? We hated that stuff. It meant getting ready. It meant doing it this way. And then what was so bad, and you have to understand this because we don't get a lot of them here, is the mosquitoes were unbelievable, okay? And so what happened is you would go out to the field and dad smoked a pipe. And so he would sit up, uh, lean up against a tree and he had his pipe going. I think that kept the mosquitoes away. I've oftentimes wondered, you know, Lee and I never smoked at that time in any way. And so he, uh, and he could pull it over and he put it in the, put it in the pail. And then after a while, after you were 
literally swatting everything. You go home and you had your fishing. That was how I learned fishing. And you see here that the disciples of Jesus are learning something about fishing. They're fishermen, but they're on shore. They've uh, been working all night. Now, it says here Lake Gennesaret. That's another name for the Sea of Galilee. Now, some of you are thinking perhaps about going on a Holy Land trip next year because we're going to have a Holy Land trip from here go to uh, a time, and maybe you've seen the announcement of that. We'll be at the Sea of Galilee. We'll be on the Sea of Galilee. We'll be all around it. We'll be at Capernaum. We'll be all around the place, the Sea of Galilee. So here they are. They're at the Sea of Galilee. Just where, we're not sure, but uh, if you come, we can point out some general areas where we think they were in the setting of this text. And so they're there, and uh, they've been fishing all night long, and the scripture says here they hadn't caught a thing. So they're washing their nets. Hey, enough is enough is enough, and they're washing their nets. And all of a sudden, it turns out that Jesus comes by, and he's going to do some teaching. So what he does is he gets in Simon's boat, and he pushes out from land just a little bit. That's what the text tells us. Just pushed us out a little bit, and it says he sat down in the boat. That's hard for us to understand because today when Pastor Jamie comes to the pulpit or I come to the pulpit or something, we stand up. But rabbis sat down. So he sat down in the boat and he taught the people that had assembled. And I assume he put it out from land just a little bit to keep the crowd from crowding too closely to him. After he finished teaching, he said to Simon, hey, let's go fishing. <laughs> and Simon said, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, biting. They're not very interested out there. Uh, I, I went out there all night, you know, They're just not it. And so he says, however, if you say to do it, I'll do it. And so he goes out, they go out and they... Lord tells them, drop the net over here, and drops the net, and all of a sudden, wow, there are fish in every direction. And so he, Simon yells to his partner, hey, come on out. <laughs> they're biting, they're ready, they're, wow, it's working. And so his buddies came out, they filled both the boats, they were full, and then Jesus tells them the teaching lesson of the story. And that lesson is, this is how you catch people. You can learn from catching fish how to catch people. In fact, he makes that conclusion right at the, begin at the very end, and I emphasized it when I was reading it. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men, women, boys, and girls. So how do you catch fish? Well, I'm going to give you some kind of basic things that you probably already know uh, that make sense. They're not going to be something that turns your life around, but I hope it'll turn your life around as we think about how to reach people. 
The first thing he says in verse 4, he says, put out into the deep. Notice that, if you will. He says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. You know, the first thing that you learn about fishing, it's something you have to learn. You got to go to the fish. You see, dad never had to stay at the farm those evenings and uh, we whistled, hey fish, we're here, come to us. It, it's so obvious that the church today, unfortunately, has become predominantly that. What we're doing is we're saying, bring people to hear Pastor Jamie, and that's good. But if that's what you see in reaching people for Jesus Christ, you've missed it. I think that uh, the big churches, and Nancy and I are members and attend a, a big church, okay? We're, it's a big church, Scottsdale Bible Church. But the thing is, is that so oftentimes, just now there was a merger there, by the way, at Scottsdale Bible. This took place about the same time. And so on one Sunday morning, the pastor stood up and said, hey, we got 600 of our people going to go over to Northridge, a church that's just merged with us. And those 600 have been coming from the Northridge area all the way to Scottsdale Bible. So we're going to have 600 fewer, less, less number of people. And the unfortunate thing is you got room to invite your friends. In other words, the fishing had turned to let's ask the fish to come to us. And that's okay if you have believers and people that are close to uh, the relationship, that's, that's fine. But we must remember the first premise of catching fish is going to the fish, going out there, building redemptive relationships with people. I'm an evangelist, I know that. God has used me that way over the years. But I'm always looking for fishing holes, and Panera Bread is a good one for me. Now, I don't know if you have Panera Bread around here, but we have a bunch of them in the Phoenix area. And Nancy can tell you that I spend a lot of time in Panera Bread, and I pray ahead of time that God will lead me that day to someone who needs to hear the good news. It's amazing how God does that. When you pray that and ask, I'm going fishing today, Lord. I'm leaving my home. I'm going out. I'm going to meet with somebody. And I want you, Lord, to be the guide of my life because I'm going fishing. And the scripture says, put out into the deep. Put out there. It's non-believing territory. You know, it's, a, it's an away game. I was a referee for a lot of years both high school and college. I was also an umpire, but in a referee, you have a lot of away games. And so we as Christians should look for away games, going out to the fish. Lord, lead us, direct us, lead us to somebody that 
needs to hear the good news and give us good listening ears to pick up on something that is said that'll give us an inclination to share the good news. I could tell you story after story after story of my life. This is how I have always been involved. I want to launch out, I want to put out into the deep water where there are non-believers. I love it. I just got an invitation to speak on May 2nd, I think it is. I think that's the National Day of Prayer for our nation. I, I don't know, uh, somebody that knows me well in the Fresno, California area, I'm somehow speaking at the National Day of Prayer in Fresno. I'm looking forward to that because there's a whole bunch of people there that won't know the Lord. There's a bunch of them. There are going to be police department involved. There's going to be all kinds of servants involved from the greater Fresno area, the whole county. I'm looking forward to that. To me, that is exciting to think how launching and putting out into the deep where the fish are. Notice the second thing that it mentions there, and it mentions this in verse 5. It says, because you say so, I will let down the nets. <laughs> you know, you can go to the fish, but if you never let down the net, what good does it do? You know, let's go out, let's go out where the fish are. We're getting our boat, go out there, but we don't drop any line, we don't drop any net, we don't drop anything. How do you expect, you want the fish to jump in the boat? Hey, fish, your turn now, jump. No, we have to take that second step. We go out where they are, and then we let down the net. We let down the nets. We change the conversation. I look for little things that are said that kind of trigger me a little bit, and oh, yeah, I can hitchhike on that one. And so hitchhike onto it, you get onto that little topic, and you lead out around another way. It's like the manager of one of the Panera Breads. He came to me and he, he came to pick up some dirty dishes off the edge of the table. And he says, you're in here a lot. Why are you in here? I said, you know, do you have a break coming up? Do you take a 10, 15 minute break? You come on over and sit down and I'll share with you why I'm here. I just didn't want to flip something off as he was taking some plates away. Had a great opportunity with Scott. Scott has not prayed to receive Christ yet, but I've had probably three or four conversations. The net's been all around him. And so you let down the net. You go out to the fish, let down the nets. You go to the fish, throw the line. We have a daughter-in-law who loves fly fishing, and she has Orvis equipment. And so it turns out that uh, whenever she leaves Iowa and goes to Colorado to stay, She's got all of her fishing gear there at, uh, at a cabin in uh, Colorado on the western slope. Each time she goes, she didn't care how cold it was. She just was there, and it was snowing and everything. She went down fishing. She went down, and where, were the, <laughs> where the water would run, she was out there trying to catch fish. But she gets all this stuff, and she drives down to the edge of the river, and she's got to drop the line. You have to lower the net. That's fishing. That's what takes place. 
It's also interesting to me to notice, if you will, that uh, there's an interesting little thing that takes place here that I want to inject to you to, to, to think about. Notice verse 5. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. You know Simon Peter? He is a typical, typical church member. I tried that once and it didn't work. <laughs> Ever heard that one? He's told to go fishing and he says, hey, I worked all night and uh, <laughs> it didn't work. I've heard so many believers say to me, I've tried to do evangelism. I've tried to share my faith. I've tried to do that. And it doesn't work for me. That's an excuse. I like what Simon Peter says in the rest of it here. He says, but because you say so, I'll do it. The authority of the word of God to let down the nets. Trust him. Don't trust that you need five more verses. Don't trust that you need some slick technique to do it. Now, why do I say this? Because here we have two wonderful churches coming together. And there's so many people lost in the Copper Basin. There's so many people lost in this area. Let's build redemption, re redemptive relationships by launching out into the deep water and letting down the nets in faith according to his word, not according to our experience. I tried that once and it doesn't work. Stop it. I've tried it many times and no one came to Christ, but I don't stop trying it. Keep doing it. Keep trying to build relationships. Find common ground somewhere. Yeah, you know, reach out on some aspect and talk to people, and all of a sudden, people become interested. That's one of the, one of the key things for us to remember is to not say, I tried that. And it doesn't work. Rather, take the rest of Simon Peter. But, 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 at your word, I will do it. And when he dropped it, then you can see what happens. It says, it says here in the passage that when he had done so, there were results. There were results. Fish, they caught fish. The nets are breaking. <laughs> oh, come on. And those of you that think about this Holy Land trip, you get it out. We're going to be out in a boat right there and think through what it was like. And we'll be able to see shore. And we'll be able to see as much as we can what this is like visually. Folks, we just need to. Remember that when we obey the word of God, he gives his results. His results. Now, I'm not, to, I'm not to twist people into the kingdom. That's not my point. My point is to fish. My point is to drop the nets. My part is to let the Lord provide the results. 
Campus Crusade has a saying that goes something like this. We are to take the initiative, but we leave the results to God. Okay? We take the initiative, we leave the results to God. And that's important. But notice one other thing here. <laughs> Simon, uh, after he sees what's happening, he falls down at Jesus' knees. He says, forgive me, and Lord, and all of that, and noticed it. But then he, uh, he, he calls to his buddies to come. Hey, the fish are biting. Come on. Hey, we got a net full. We got the boat full. Hey, you guys come, 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 come. And I always look at myself as always urging the body of Christ to go fishing. Go fish. Talk to people that don't know the Lord. Listen to them. Find something interested in that conversation that you can turn to the gospel and share the gospel and give God the credit as people come to faith in Christ. It's so important. So very very important. And I want you to notice, if you will, how the word catch is used throughout this text. Caught and catch are used five times. It's about fishing. But notice, if you will, how it ends. When Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men, women, boys, and girls. Jesus applied the text Right in it. Hey, what you just noticed? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch people. You will catch them. And they'll come into the kingdom. Nancy and I think we have lost track of some along the way, but there are at least, at least 50 people that are in full-time Christian service that came to faith in Jesus Christ through ministry that Nancy and I have had with people. At least 50 are in full-time Christian service. At least. Now, don't give any credit to Nancy and me. We just... Nancy fishes a little different way than I do. I'm a little more verbal. She's a little more <laughs> quiet and gentle. So she comes at the fish a little differently than I do. I tend to be pretty straightforward. When we closed face-to-face -face in 2016, and you supported face-to-face -face here for all those years of helping to send out short-term teams, when we ended face-to-face, -face, we had put about 1,000 teams out across the world, and as far as we could tell, and I had Kay doing this, my assistant, she went back and traced all this stuff, that there were many, many of those people who are now serving the Lord worldwide for Jesus Christ. We praise his holy name. I urge you, as you come together, don't get distracted with turning the chairs one way or another. Don't get involved looking at all the stuff on the inside. What is so exciting for me here at Living Word Chapel is you have a system that frees people up to do ministry. And they don't have to 
sit here and, well, I don't know, is that row close enough? Uh, I don't know about the music. Uh, go fishing. That's the key. Fish, fish, fish. Let's pray. Father, thank you that uh, you use this uh, story to remind us to go fishing. And Lord, as these two wonderful congregations are together now as Living Word Chapel in two locations, and Lord, thank you. We praise you for the way you have drawn them together. Teach them to love each other and to fish well. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more.